Before we get started in this week's episode, we have new sponsors here with Potting with Ego. Good Note Clothing, the OG sponsor of Potting with Ego. That is Good Note CO, all one word over on Instagram. Go to them for all of your custom tie-dye clothing needs from shirts, shorts, hoodies, long comfy pants, everything you need from your traveling on the road or just cuddling up with your loved one on the couch. Myself, Joe, Chico, Rob Deerdeck, and all AEW athletes rock Good Note Clothing as you should too. When you go to Good Note CO over on Instagram, use code EGO to save yourself 15%. One of the new sponsors of Potting with Ego is Sleep.me. You might know them as Chili Sleep. They rebranded to Sleep.me. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I do not promote anything I don't personally try or I don't believe in. And Sleep.me has sent me the Uller sleep system. And if you go to my socials uh, over on Twitter, EGOS1313, or on Instagram, EGOS13, click my link tree and hit the affiliate link and save yourself 25% on the Uller. I'm going to tell you something right now. The Uller has changed the way I recover, and it's changed the way I sleep. Um, when I listen to Conrad Thompson and these people talk about uh, chili sleep in the Uller, I was skeptical until they sent me one. I set my bed down to about 52 degrees before I jump into it every single night. And the recovery aspects of it, the deep sleep that I get, how I feel when I wake up in the morning is amazing. Um, when I was sick, I turned that temperature all the way up to over 100 degrees when I was shivering. The way you can control your sleep and your bed, you take control of it. I believe in it. The only drawback is, and I'm going to be honest with you, these Uller sleep systems are a little expensive. Okay, especially if you have a big bed and you're trying to help for two partners, you'd have to buy two of them. If you have the means, if this is something that you want to invest in, I highly recommend it because once you have it, you're never going to be able to sleep without it because of the way that you can control the temperature in your bed. So head over to my socials, hit the affiliate link for Sleep Me, and get a better night's rest. Finally, the last sponsor of Potting with Ego is Shorewood Fitness. That is Shorewood Fitness, all one word over on Instagram. Or you can hit the owner up directly. That is Koa, K-O-A underscore Vince Robbins. Shorewood Fitness is an amazing 24-hour gym located in Shorewood, Illinois. But don't worry, because if you don't live in Illinois, hit them up on Instagram today. Vince will take the time to write a personal workout and meal plan to get you to whatever your goals are in life. Vince is a positive light in an industry that's filled with negativity and self-centeredness. Vince has personally changed how I look at 40 years old. It has not only helped with my fitness, but it has also helped with my mental health. He is someone that I look to for inspiration and creativity. I cannot speak enough good things about Vince and Showward Fitness. And hopefully all of you, the Potting with Eagle family, can reach their goals with my boy Vince. Now... Let's get into the pod. I need an ice pack. Been going through growing pains. My demons, they fight back. But I'm in the center ring. Roll with the punches and taking measures. Learning through Ladies and gentlemen. Robert Anthony, E-Disco Fantasco in some circles, here with the man who bullied me over how many holes I had in my shoes, so I came here with uh, brand new Adidas 3D printed uh, Ultra Boosts, the man who single-handedly is transforming how I look at 40, 41 years old. Sir Koa Loxamana, a.k.a. Vince. Vince, how are you doing today, my friend? Aloha, everybody. Mahalo. Do you like do you like my new shoes? You know I do. Uh, so we're upgrading your physique, upgrading your a little bit closer to the mic. We're upgrading your physique. We're upgrading your um, your look. We're upgrading your shoes now. Yeah. Last time I worked out with you, I had my gray Adidas Ultra Boost on, and they had holes in them. And you bullied me about how many holes I had in my shoes. Well, so everybody's got those shoes at home that have the holes in them, and we use those mm -hmm. to cut grass. Yeah, but we don't apparently. use them to come into uh, my gym and work out. Yeah. So we're here with Vince, uh, Koa Laksamana, and we're going to have a conversation today a little bit about Chicago wrestling history because not many people might not know who you are, as well as how long you've been around the Chicago wrestling scene. Um, I told Chucky Smooth about you, and then Chucky Smooth responded 
is he 12? And I said, no, he's a grown-ass man. He's like, no, I think there's this wrestler named 12. Uh, who is t- is it 12? It Am was I- correct, yeah. Is it 12? It was, it was 12. So, so was that your gimmick? Like, what was so the deal? My, my, I, when I first broke in, 19... 19- How did you break in? 1997. Yeah. Just graduated high school, 17. And I'm at the Bourbonnet Friendship uh, Fair in Bur- Bourbonnet, Illinois. Yeah. And they have the World Wrestling Associations out there. They the have WWA. Guys, yep, yeah. Who Ron, ran that? Uh, Mike Minomo. Okay. So um, at this um, event, it was at the Friendship Fest, they had uh, Ron Powers... Do you remember him from WCW? Mm-hmm. Yep. Big ass dude. Mike Sampson. Yep. Trevor Iron, Blanchard. Iron Mike Sampson. That's right. Good old Trevor Blanchard. Trevor Blanchard. Hello, Trent. Trevor, you're not listening because you don't know how to use podcasts. No, he is listening, <laughs> especially to this one because I got permission just in case he wanted to talk about the history of Trevor Blanchard and me. Oh, no. Uh, I got permission on some risky um, subjects and he said, okay. go ahead, you can do it. So, so you found WWE? Yeah. And yeah. then... Were you just like, hey, I want to be a wrestler? Okay, so uh, during intermission, they had they said, hey, listen, if anybody's interested in joining this world of professional wrestling, we're accepting two candidates for the school. We have two slots open because they had just turned, they had just graduated two characters. And um, so what they did is they had you go in there, and they had like rolling drills, hitting the ropes, stuff like that, push-ups, squats, everything like that. And at 17, I've already performed three bodybuilding shows. Yeah. You know, it's a col- I, I have baseball scholarship play at Kankakee um, for baseball. Um, very good shape. I've already won a powerlifting competition, so I had a great physique at 17. So when they put me through these drills, everybody's just gassing because you know the, the typical, the normal wrestling fan, the people that are around and they're like, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta see this." They're not in the best of shape. So you got me up uh, performing against these guys, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, come." You got a great look. I had long hair back then, too. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, you got a great look. Uh, come out to the school and try it out. Um, and that's how I got started. So we at intermission, they did these tryouts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, you got to remember, this is the Friendship Festival. Yeah. And um, at this festival, what they're doing is uh, it's like an all-day wrestling you know, yeah. So they have the uh, the daytime time crowd. They they put on about three shows a day, and then the nighttime crowd when the other bands are around there. So um, I I just happened to go there during the day, and I seen them, and then I, I came back at night to watch them perform again. If you hear anything crazy, we're actually at Vince's gym, Shorewood Fitness, located in fabulous Shorewood, Illinois. Uh, I bring that up because I realized someone just beeped in behind me, <laughs> and you might be hearing the weights clink. But what year what year was WWA? When you, when you saw the show? Uh, 1997. So 97. This is wild because if you, if you think about it today in 2023, if AAW at intermission was like, yo, we're looking for new wrestlers, come in the ring and do these drills, mm-hmm. like that wouldn't fly. You know, it would be I lawsuits think, if someone got hurt oh, absolutely. or anything I, wild like that. I don't think it would work in um, the modern day setting of mm-hmm. shows. Or I don't Never. think it would have worked in their setting of a show, but at the uh, festival. festival shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it worked because you had people who have never seen wrestling. You know, you have a mixed crowd of people, and you have people who are like, man, I'm tough. I could do that. Yeah. And they get in the ring and so you, find so out So you they do can't. this little thing. They say, come to the school. Where's mm-hmm. the school at? Uh, the school was in Kankakee, and Kankakee. Um, it was in uh, a, like, storage facility. Sure. Uh, which most are yeah. back then. And uh, so what it used to store was, like, oil drums. So okay. this place just smelled like a, like a, like used oil. Um. What schools were running it then? Do you even, did you know of any other competition um, that they had? Let's see. We Windy had, City, uh, obviously. Yeah, Windy City. That was up north. Sam Desero, Um World Wrestling Association. Midwest Renegade Res- Wrestling out of Oshkosh. Never heard of that. Um, that I, I did a lot of work with them. Who, who ran um, that? The So Bonomo got me all the work, and Trevor Blanchard did the, yeah, uh, yeah. through there. I don't remember the promoter. I wonder if it was a guy named Steve Hoke. Could have been. Yeah. yeah. So... When you mentioned that this school was inside of a uh, like garage or storage facility or anything like that, back in the early 2000s, that's kind of how wrestling was, and that's how the training facilities were. When I joined PCW, it was in this like garage next door to a actual garage where people fix cars. Mm-hmm. Windy City was the only place that had a legit facility like TV studio with a gym in the back. Mm-hmm. They were really they were really like walk in the building and your eyes lit up like this is real. Yeah, and you had the dirty at, ones. You, you, you know had I mean? all the 8 by 10s on the walls yep. and everything yep. like that. Like, I remember the first time I ever got to um, go to the uh, um, WCPW 
um, training facility, I was just blown away. I'm yeah, like, same. man, I, 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 like, I hate to say this right now because I had a great upbringing and then, um, I, I love the way I was brought up uh, with the World Wrestling Association. But if I would have went to WCPW and made my start there, I would have had the friendships that I have now with Steve Boz, yeah. Terry Allen, mm-hmm. Hunter Payne, uh, Jimmy Blaze. You know, so Jimmy came into my life about a year after I got started because uh, Mike had hired him out. You know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, Jimmy was hot. Yeah, everybody wanted Jim, him. Man. Yeah, everybody wanted him. The, I had the reverse of that because I went to my school, pro PCW, uh, PCW at the garage first. And Sonny Rogers, did you know Sonny at all mm-hmm. or no? Sonny didn't show up. And they told me to come back like a week later and Sonny would show up and sign us for the school, you know? And the very next day we went to Windy City and we saw their facility and we were like, oh, we're ready to sign up, we're ready to sign up. And they didn't take our money either. (laughs) That's so weird. And and my career would have been flipped because I did not like the Windy City business model. The Windy City business model was once you sign with Windy City, you belong to us only. Mm -hmm. And... And I knew a little bit about the business at the time. You had to sell tickets to the shows, and if you didn't sell those tickets, you had to buy those tickets. Yep. And and I looked at Windy City as um, not looking out for my best interest to be a pro wrestler, but just to be a wrestler for them and to help their business. And they said the worst things to me. Right? They they had a guy there that was doing the the training, and he goes. He goes, where did you go before here? And I said, we, we went to PCW. He goes, oh, PCW. He goes, listen, and the famous words. I say this a lot to a lot of kids. He, he said to me, he looked me dead in the eyes. He goes, if you want to have fun, join PCW. If you want to be a pro wrestler, join here. And me at like 16, I'm going, man, I want to have fun and wrestle. So what is this guy saying? <laughs> if I join Windy City, I'm not going to have any fun? I was like, all right, man, I'm going to join the other place and have fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, fuck off. So... Yeah. So I joined there, and that saved my career because Windy City, once I started getting rolling in the early 2000s, they didn't look out for those guys at all. They, it was basically handcuffs, don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. PCW was like, you could do whatever you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. So when you joined WWA, what was their, what was their like business model or like thing with their students? So it was like, hey, we're going to teach you how to bump and then good luck? Or did they have something? Like, what was their deal? So we're going to teach you how to bump and we're going to get you involved <clears throat> with the show as quick as possible. Whether it was, really, you know, get you not, not in the ring work like security. You know, one of yeah, the yeah, first yeah. things I got I to do, do oh yeah, the first thing I got to do and I, which I love and I even recommend it to um, the school that I go to now is that uh, they're like, we are going to use you <clears throat> as a roaming cameraman. I'm like, whoa, okay. So if you can come out to the ring, get in the faces of them, you know, stand on, on the apron when you need to, uh, get, in, uh, get in the faces of the wrestlers, but make them look big. So, you know, pull the camera down to your chest, yeah. angle it up. So I got to, uh, my first experience was I was a cameraman for them. And I loved it. Absolutely hmm. loved it. I still love it. Um, I think if I wasn't an in-ring performer, I would do something like that. I'd probably either that or a referee. I think I'd have a lot of fun as a referee as sure. well, too. I... Uh, it's a lost art these days. Usually, back in the day, you had to be a referee first, and then you could be a wrestler. You had to learn a lot of different aspects. Uh, but nowadays, people just go straight to the ring. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, I, and I don't agree with that. I, I feel you need to do other jobs as well. Set up the rings. Be security. Everyone should be a referee or a, a referee first, in my opinion. So that way you can learn how the matches flow. Learn how to be in front of a crowd without being a performer just yet. Yeah. I think that would save so many guys and girls a lot of, like, stress, Yeah. right? If you were a referee at first, especially mm-hmm. refereeing main events or refereeing bigger matches, and then you're getting your feet wet at this whole performance part of the aspect of our business. And then, once you're ready, now you become a wrestler. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? So you did WWA, and then... Where did you go from there? So WWA farmed me out to um, places that needed our gimmick, which we, I was a part of the Masters of Brutality. I was one of the original members. Is this 12? Is this where we get to 12? Yeah, so what 12, what 12 <laughs> yeah. was, it, it's, this is terrible. And so what 12 was. I can tell you you don't like talking I about hate it. it. I absolutely hate it because I hated this gimmick because I'm a Hawaiian guy. I'm born and raised in Hawaii. I got the Hawaiian look, and I wanted to be the Hawaiian hitman from the jump. You know, I want to come out there with, and I did. Even as 12, I still got, I, yeah, did, yeah. I didn't wear the gimmicks they always wanted me to wear. I'd wear my board shorts and I'd come <laughs> out there and beat an ass. But um, so 12 is a 12 gauge shotgun. 
Is that what it is? Yes. Oh yeah. no. And then uh, they, they spelled. I you, it was like a Slipknot gimmick where everyone has a little number. <laughs> so the uh, but their their gimmick was that that I had a um, twelve inch unit. Oh, stop yourself! I know. Tell me about. Is it. Is that what it was? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this how much? Terrible. I'm like, in, this is terrible. The, the the truths in wrestling. There's 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 reality truths and then there's wrestling truths. You know, so what's going to happen? And your trainer came up with this. They were yeah, like, they're the, like the promoter. Yeah, the promoter. He's like, oh, I'm going to call you 12 because you're, you're the 12 gauge and you've got, you know, you're just. Dude, I'm like, what? That's like, oh. PCW wanted me to be a ninja. That was going to be my first gimmick. And ninja. A ninja. It was, dude, it was, oh, my God. But here's the thing. How old was I? Fucking 17? I was, like, hyped. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to be a ninja. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. Because I joined with a kid named Tim. And he paid my dues to join, right? Because I didn't have any money. Wait, you're talking like $2,500? Down uh, my down payment. No he, shit. he paid my down payment for me because wow. I was broke. And his dad was a retired cop. So, like, he, they had money. So, me and him joined the school together. We're backyard wrestlers. And because we joined together, we both were going to be ninjas. Whoa. Okay? And then we were hyped about it. We're like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We're be the coolest ninjas ever. Because we're young and we want to wrestle, right? Yeah. Because they... Made us wait like six months before we had a match. And right before we were going to debut at the Ninjas, we decided to do a backyard wrestling show as like a goodbye to the backyard with all of our friends. And we promoted it on ChicagoWrestling.com. A bunch of people showed up. My trainers found out. And then we got like, quote unquote, suspended. We didn't get to be the Ninjas. They, they said, you're not going to wrestle a real match for a year now. That's your, that's your punishment for being a backyarder. Oh and I was like, damn, dude, this sucks. And my friend Tim was like, fuck that, I'm leaving. And he ended up quitting PCW because of our quote-unquote suspension. And they even threatened, like, oh, we were going to kick you out of the school. And I later on found out that wasn't true because they wanted our money. But uh, they go, uh, they go, uh, yeah, you're suspended for a year. You won't have a real match for a year. And if, then if you go do backyard or anything else, then we're going to kick you out of the school. So Tim leaves, but I stayed. And then... It ended up being like a three-month suspension, and after the three months, they was like, they were like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I want to be a disco fantastico." That was my backyard gimmick. Yeah. But I never debuted as a ninja, so thank God. But oh you became goodness. twelve. <laughs> oh, dude, I hated it. And, and any, any chance I could have, to, like I kept pitching it all the time. I'm like, "Can I dump this gimmick?" And they were like, "They made they made the shirts and uh, the eight by tens," and I'm just like, "Oh." I hated it. I hated like telling people what my name was. They're like, "Oh, what's your wrestling name?" Because you remember, age, I was. That's right. <laughs> so I, I'm in college at the time, and I'm a college baseball player. So uh, selling tickets was easy to me. I literally sold over 100 tickets every single show because it's the entire athletic department that's going out there to support me, and they're wild yeah. and crazy. And so they go out there, and then they say my name, and I see people laughing. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. We talked about this at the gym the other day. I was like, um, it was wild to me that you were a college baseball player and. Mm -hmm doing pro wrestling yeah. and you didn't get fucking like killed by the nope by the college no i was for kidding. like yeah. double dipping like yep dude it's wild yep yeah you gotta remember, it's a it's a uh, junior college too it's not it's like a, not like a division oh, so one school it's really. key community college yeah so but we went to the junior college world series that year too if, if you were doing good. like d1 i think they would have oh they would have been like like get out of here we're paying like 60 grand a year for you to go to school yeah. here get out you know drop that gimmick yeah dude it's wild so you're you're doing 12 you're <laughs> wrestling and then you take a break, right? Do you ever become Koa at, at this um, point, or is it 12 and then you take a break? So it's, it, I did from 97 till 2001. I uh, went to California to finish my degree, sports medicine. Um, that's where I took the break. Uh, didn't did you wrestle in California? No, I, I no, really no. I wanted so to. What, so what bad. was your history here, though? Uh, 97 to 2001. WWA only. WWA, MRW, like any anyone that would book, um, like um, Trevor pretty much got us work everywhere. Trevor did? Yeah. Okay. I, we were wrestling like every weekend and doing festivals. And um, yeah, so any, any chance I could have to do that. And at the time, so I'm going to college. Um, achieving my junior college degree, and then I'm, I was a, a working at the Gold's Gym in Bradley, Illinois. Okay. So I'm a personal trainer, so I can make my own schedule. So sure. anytime they needed me to go, I just went. I called my clients and made sure everything's cool. The gym, the gym really supported me. All the uh, the workers and the owner of the gym would come out and watch me wrestle as well. The um, so I came back, and then I, I finally bit the bullet, and I it was like 2005, 2006. Uh, I had a client of mine, Joey Myers. I helped him lose 200 pounds. 
And this kid, his dream was to try to become a pro wrestler. Interesting. And so I, I got a hold of Sam DeCero, Windy City Pro Wrestling. We went over there, and I got him broken in over there. And this I had, is 2001. This is 2006. This, I'm so, oh, you're I'm skipping back. over shit. Yeah. You're skipping well, over shit. Because there was nothing to talk about in California. Oh, really? So 2001, I go to California yeah. until about 2004, yeah. finish my degree. And then um, I get back, and I meet Joey. And I'm training in him 06. at the gym in no, 04. 04. And then I trained him for two years to lose 200 pounds. And he's just a kid. I, I started training him at like 16, so he's 18 at the time. He's like, my, my all-time goal was to be a pro wrestler and i'm like what so i, I pulled out the old flip book you yeah, know yeah, yeah. And the old eight millimeter video you know stuff that we take on the camcorders and i showed him my matches he's like this is exactly what i want to do well world wrestling association wasn't around anymore nope. they're done i think i was talking with terry allen and he i think he was their last champion you know and uh before they folded um folded the company so I went to uh, Windy City Pro, um, met with Sam, told him about Joey, got him in, had a couple matches there, never relit the fire. And, um, and I. 04? No, 06. 06. Remember, so 04. Dude, AAW's running hot at this time. I'm surprised you never came by. Because I didn't know about it. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and this was at the time of MySpace. Yeah. You know, so uh, it wasn't it wasn't like it was shoved down your throat now like social media. I knew about AAW before you because um, I was just surfing, you know, getting lost in the rabbit hole on on indie wrestling um, on YouTube, and I came up upon some of my friends like Axel Rico that were trying to be a part of the Alive show, and they're filming mm -hmm. promos. I'm like, I, uh, this is great. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to be a part of this. This is awesome. Yeah. The very next week, I do a POW show against uh, Kazal for Jimmy Blaze, and and Jimmy wanted me to make, make his champion look good. He's like, I want you to put him over and make him look really good. I said, fine, but my character hasn't lost. You know, like 32 straight wins. So what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something pretty pretty. Um, uh, if I would have asked for permission, he would have said no. Yeah. So I I jumped from the top rope, put my head through the ceiling, split myself right down the middle, and I acted like I was out. So that was I, recently, though. Yeah, it was, that was yeah. that was. And then Trent got a hold of me. That's how uh, Trent. Remember the ones I I'd said. He's like, hey, you know, we want you to get you get you in here. And I went back and forth with him for a while. But it wasn't until you were like finally like, hey, listen, I'm gonna get you booked here. Like we gotta get. We'll this get to that because we're jumping ahead of it. Because there's some stu stuff I do want to talk about. You. You left the area in 01, mm -hmm. and then you did what not many people do in indie professional wrestling, is you saw that technically the money wasn't there, and you needed to get real life in order, yeah. right? And a lot of us back then didn't have that mental capacity to say, hey, my real life is slacking, right? I would... I, how do I say this? When I was running from 01 to 05, right? I had a clear path and I knew how I was going to get there, right? And, and, that, and, that's, and that's shortly when I signed that developmental deal with WWE. But when I got fired and I'm back home living in my mom's basement with nothing and I see all my friends getting married, having houses, having kids new cars and i'm just like oh shit i wasted my life right and, and and i started like getting that weird depression until i got my shit together you found that out early you looked at, you looked at the scene because indie wrestling in 01 is fucking garbage no one's making money yeah. nobody's making money and then you decided all right i got to get my shit together and you dove headfirst into the fitness, into personal training, into basically building your own empire, which you have now, which is the gym. Talk me through that. Like, where where were you at in your headspace with wrestling? This is before 06, where you're like, all right, I got to put this on the back seat. Because yeah. there's people listening to this that need to hear that motivation. How to, how to put this, this in line with real life. What I knew, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, like you've seen some of my older matches, you know, setting myself on fire, doing the barbed wire matches, yeah. and I take bumps on the hardwood floor. I like yeah, you do, do all, all the crazy shit. Stuff. <laughs> so how much pain were you in when you did that? Me? Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yeah. I literally lived in pain all the time, and I just, you know, and then I'd have girlfriends that would be like, at first, they're like, ooh, I'm dating a wrestler. This is cool. Yeah. Like, he's got a, he's built and everything, but then I can't, I literally, like, on Sundays, I've struggled to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I developed a, a painkiller addiction, 
And, oh uh, shit! Early yeah, on, huh? Yeah, and it was I was it was fed to me from the veterans. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like I was going into the hospitals and being like, "Hey, listen, I have this injury. Can you know?" The veterans would say, "Be like, hey, dude, you hurting?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm hurting." Take and this. They, Here, take this. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. That. Um, and so once once I uh, I realized that I was on a downward spiral. Yeah. And I had seen my older sister struggle with drug addiction. Yeah. Heavier drugs, not like. I guess I don't know. A drug is a drug. And I just was like, I don't want to do that to my family. I don't want to do that to myself. So I'm just going to focus on, on how I can become a better person. I'm going to focus on Vince Robbins right now, not the yeah. character. And then uh, once I put myself first and develop myself, I became so much more happy. Yeah. You know, even though like we live this like like last night I worked a match and it was uh, I was out from bell to bell. It was 19 minute match, but we did like a two and a half, three minute skit afterwards. So I'm out there 22 minutes performing. I sent you that right afterwards. I was mm-hmm. like blown up, dude, because it's fucking <laughs> I had so much fun doing it for those 22 minutes. We sacrificed so much, yeah. you know, and um, I just was never moving forward. So, Same. yeah, th- I just I had to put the buckle down, focus on myself. And I really like I, I always like. I saw other people and I talk with them and interact with them and I'm like, they're not that much, they don't have it that they're not that much more intelligent than I am. And they're successful business people. Like, how did this happen? Uh-huh. So, and it was persistence. It was uh, a belief in themselves and uh, the, wh- whatever their job, their cause was. And so um, when I took a chance, I, I took a chance and bet on myself. And that's where I took the first loan out to uh, purchase a gym. And it was like, everything's going great. Uh, the first year, um, it, was a, it was a little over half a million I took out to, to um, get the gym started. After the first year, like almost all of that note was paid off and uh, I was doing really good. The, the opportunity to buy my second gym, which is the one we just moved to Naperville, yeah. MPG Fitness, that popped up. So I was able to buy into that. And then COVID happened. Oh, just kicked us right in the nuts. Yeah. You know, and um, it, I, had, I, I had a belief in myself because I knew my members believed in our product. Because during COVID, they, like, demanded that we stay at open. Sure. And uh, I'm friends with the chief of police out here. He's a member. And he says, um, he says well, you got to think of other ways because if you open that gym you could get levied fines and he's like i know you and you're you got a good name about your town you support the police out here um we don't want to tarnish your name anyways by saying you're hey i'm going against the, yeah protocols go, yeah and shit like that. yeah be, I, you know i don't believe in the safety of this place which i did believe in the safety so i had just bought a brand new house and i opened up my garage and really like i, I ran workouts from my house the, yeah. when when you um decided you wanted to own a gym because our story is a little the same uh, with, with a couple deviations. I was a personal trainer while wrestling because mm-hmm. that's a perfect schedule for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Did you have a business mentor? Like, how did you say, like, all right, I'm going to buy this gym. Did you just jump into it head first or did, did you do any research about I, it? I had a business mentor, um, Larry Coyle. Uh, so he, you know, my, my other uh, business partner, Mark, owns a yep. uh, percentage of the gym. He, so Mark works at a nuclear power plant. Uh, he's Homer Simpson. <laughs> no, he's Homer Simpson's boss. Yes, Homer so Simpson's he's boss. He's like senior reactor operator. <laughs> so his boss would have been the CFO of the entire company, which he, Energen, he's owned, the guy ran like six nuclear power plants. Yeah. That's the guy who mentored me. Really? Yeah, and, and he just still comes to this gym and he, all the time. And he gave you kind of the heads up on how to do things. He and showed me how to, how to believe in yourself and, yeah. and just no matter what, push forward and, um, you know, just, just keep the wheels turning. The only time that people fail in life is when they stop believing in themselves. And that could be that can translate not only to business but in relationships. Absolutely. You know, in pro wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen so many people that are they're inter- like we're all entertainers. Um, that some sometimes I go out there because it's it, to me it feels like every weekend is a, um, a family reunion of sorts. You know, you see a lot of the same faces. I follow them on ins- on online on social media, so it's I get excited to see them. And some weekends are with it, and some weekends they're just doubting themselves. And you can see it in their performance as well. I, I tell I, I say it all the time. I say that your story is only over, over when you quit, mm-hmm. and I almost quit a few times. And if I would have, if I would have quit in twelve, if I would have quit in fifteen when I wanted when I when I wanted to quit in fifteen, and seventeen. So twelve, fifteen, seventeen are like my three bad years yeah. that I was like just not mentally with it. If I would have quit, never would have got an action figure. Yeah. Never would have did AEW. Yeah. Never would have wrestled on TV. Mm-hmm. Never would have wrestled in every arena, yeah. major arena in Illinois. Right. Right. I never would have did all that. I would have missed out, and I always would have been sitting back, like wondering if, what if, what right. if, right? So when you say like you got to believe in yourself, 
this podcast isn't just about wrestling. It's about all the other shit that people have going on in their real life too, right? So you have this this amazing fitness empire that you're building because you help others. You you're very positive in this fitness mind space, which I've told a million people. Tyler Volts, who listens to the podcast, shout out. He's like, I'm coming to work out with you guys on, on a Saturday like on an Tyler. arm day. Yeah, yeah and, and people, and Alonzo comes here, and uh, we're trying to get Chico to come out. Um, when I introduced you to, uh, when I talked about you to Danny Daniels of AEW, he's like, I need more positive people. I'm like, he's the most positive motherfucker I know mm-hmm. because when I hang out with Joe, I just, we just call each other fat all the time <laughs> and, <laughs> and you compliment us. Right. And, and that's what I think is the success of this gym because in Shorewood, Joliet area, you have other yeah, fitness places a, that are bigger and been around longer. Yeah, there's, right. There's but a, you have this eight, loyal membership. Of yeah. There's people. eight um, different gyms just in yeah. the surrounding six miles that we're in right now. Um, the reason ours is successful is because, um, our members that come here they feel like they can contact me at any time yep. and, and I, I literally I do everything here's a funny story one of my members um, oh gosh Ryan Fugit he um, he had uh, told me he's like hey so you you know you guys, I gave him my number and everything to contact me anytime he's like for anything I was like I'll help you out anytime you want yep. I drove the dude home so he didn't get a DUI <laughs> <laughs> he's one of my training clients now See, I love that, the guy that's why you're going to be successful actually he goes to almost like all that. of my shows too it's yep. wild he's a red wave army member so ah oh man so you you build this thing mm-hmm. and here's where our relationship kind of ties into it right uh I was a member at the gym before you bought it, mm-hmm. uh, when you had it across the street. I believe it was called Cardinal Fitness. Yep. And all life happens. People go everywhere. I started lifting somewhere else, blah, 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 blah. Someone mentioned you to me, and I can't remember who it was. And they said, hey, this guy owns this gym not too far from you, and he used to be a pro wrestler. And my, my uh, reaction was, no, he wasn't. Because I know everyone. Because <laughs> uh, that, that's kind of the thing like with me. If, if I don't know who you are uh, and you're not on my radar because I watch everything, yeah. either you're super old school or you, you haven't made it on my radar yet. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, you know, I need a new place to lift. And I remember just reaching out to you on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think I said something about wrestling. Hey, I heard you're a wrestler, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And like the first thing you were like, come lift with us. Let's yeah. come over right now. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I guess I got to go. And, and I was like, got to go lift. And the second I met you, I was like instantly like a friendship. And I was just like, all right, this you could tell who you could tell the people that are fake right when you meet them, fake nice guys mm-hmm. and the people that have like hidden agendas. And then you could tell the genuine ones. And you automatically were one of the genuine ones. And that's why I put my name out for you so many times. Uh, because you have this love now for pro wrestling, right? So I believe you started popping up when you started wrestling again. So you said you went away in 01, had a little bit of dabble in 06, helping mm-hmm. that guy out, but you had no love for it. Yeah. What happened from 06 to 2001 or 21, 22, where so, you just came back in? Yeah, nothing. You just got, you got, got successful married, at the I gym, and, kid and yeah, yeah, and you're like, I want to wrestle again. Yeah, well, um, I my my focus was becoming a pro bodybuilder. Yeah, and um, in 2007, I won the North American Championships. Okay, and then I, I started competing as a pro. Then I'm, a bunch of my members were like, Hey, we're doing a powerlifting competition. You want to join the team? And I'm of everybody. You've seen a lot of my friends are all yeah. like 250 to 300 plus pounds. They're just huge dudes. And I'm so I dieted it all the way down to 174 and broke every middleweight record. You know, so th- my my focus became on if I can build my name as a bodybuilder and a powerlifter, I'm going to build my franchise more because people are going to want to train at a facility where one of the top pros in the nation is training at. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's exactly what I did. That's why I, I hold those pictures up there with with pride, you know, because yeah. a, a lot of my uh, members here have turned pro and it's a hard thing to do. That's that's extremely hard thing to do um, in the bodybuilding world because you have to win an overall title to at, at a national level mm-hmm. to become a pro at these sports. So. I was able to do that. And then I, it kind of got stale for me. Like I competed it so many times. And um, in July of last year, um, one of my friends reached out to me, Eric Olson. He, um, exotic Eric Edwards was his first wrestling name. Came out to like the Limp Biscuit kind of thing. He looks like 
Fred Durst from Liquid okay. Biscuit. And he had told me, he said, hey, listen, our, our buddy Nick Huffman passed away. And he owned the Looney Bin. He was a, a comedian. Uh, he actually had Rob Van Dam at his uh, at the Looney Bin doing oh. uh, you know, performing comedy. Well, me and Nick had wrestled about two t- two dozen times, um, like hardcore matches and stuff growing up. So uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to put a battle royal in memory of him. I actually sprung this up. This is twenty one. No, this was literally th- like nine months ago. Okay. No, but yeah. how'd you get back into it? How, 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 like that's it. This nine is months? it. You only been started. I've for only nine been months. back for nine months. Holy shit! When yeah. did I think it was longer yeah. than that? No. Later, if you didn't reach out to me, I would have hung it up. Interesting. Yeah. So they asked you to do this battle royal, and you're like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna yeah, do this. So I need to start bumping around, right? Yeah. And um, do you remember that podcast you were talking about? Like, um, you know, you're, you'd be driving and you're like throwing up the whole time and. Everything like that. Yeah. When I, <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Right. When I first came back in, and I'm like, hey, I, you guys need to fucking beat my ass. Like, I'm going to come in here, and I still could hit the ropes really good. Who'd you go train with? Um, uh, Southland Championship okay. Wrestling. How'd you train. find them? Um, through Eric. Okay. Through Eric. Okay. That's, that's Southland. SCWs were going to run the, um, the, Battle Royal. The, the show for him. Yeah. So I go in there, and I bump my freaking ass off, and I have so much fun. And Hunter's like, you're you're a bit rusty, but you're not. He's like, I bet you can perform in our July show. So why don't you, you keep showing up to practice, and we'll see what we can do. And I, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. I just want to do the battle royal. Oh, no. So then the competitive side of me, you know, so, like, you've seen how with the arm wrestling, I've been picking up arm wrestling again. And, yeah. like, I am very competitive. And um, it's not necessarily that I have to win, but I, I have to not put a terrible performance on. Yeah. You know, so I would like to win every time. But uh, I, I just want to be proud of my efforts. And so uh, at practice, I'm like, nope, I'm the last person out of the ring. Like, I'm, if there's ever a volunteer to do something, I'm getting in there. I uh, finished a practice. I remember I got clocked in the head by Chris Freiberg. He chipped my tooth, and, and uh, I was, like, super dizzy. And uh, we got done with practice, and I'm just trying to act tough like, no, like nothing's wrong. I, I call my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, I'm losing consciousness driving home right now. It's a 70-minute <laughs> no. drive home, and I'm just vomiting vomiting nonstop. I still have the pictures because I was vomiting so hard my nose exploded and blood started shooting all over my steering wheel. And um, yeah, so that was my uh, uh, breaking back in, like cracking the rust. Holy you know, because our brain. was nine months ago. Dude, nine months ago, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I've only been, so I've been tr- pretty much comp- like performing six to 10 shows a month for the past, f- well, since January. Before then, it was only about two shows a month. Brother, dude, I wrestle once a month. <laughs> Six and ten no, shows a because month. I'm, because I'm because I'm still right. No, I'm not. I have to do this. Like here, I don't want to blow your. I don't want to blow your ego up any oh, more than no. it, it than it already is. But let me tell you, this is the truth about my relationship with you. Okay. Uh, I don't want to fail you. I don't. Me? You you given me these opportunities, and I go in there, and you know I've suffered from performance anxiety, so I like constantly. Like even I did. I maybe slept two hours last night because I was thinking about this podcast the whole time. <laughs> like I want to be. Do, I want to be who I am, but should I be funny? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I like start screaming at the members? No, make it, make no, it, no, no, make no. it something that, that people, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm, I chose that, that path right now. I might change it up though. Who knows? I, I fucking wish Alonzo had that same mentality. He doesn't want to fail me. That son of a He's bitch. He's just different. Everybody's, <laughs> but it's, son of a bitch. You, how many people have you met in your life? Nobody's the same. No. Nobody's the same. No. I haven't never met anybody like me. I, so, neither have I. I've never yeah. met anyone like you. So you did, you went nine months ago, you you did the battle royal. Mm-hmm. After the battle royal, did you get the bug? And obviously, you did. But like, not really. No. no, no, it's not until you reached out to me. Really? And then I started watching your videos, and I learned who. Um, Were you working Robert for Jimmy Anthony? Is the, when that? I met you. Were you working for Jimmy when I yeah. met you? Or no? Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's it's Jimmy. So it's my yeah. boy from a long time ago. We were a part of the Masters of Brutality together, so I knew who he was. Yeah. You know, and and I, I love Jimmy, and I'll do anything for him. Um, but uh, the I I was I was really close to hanging it back up. Like I, I just it's fun, but man, is it really worth all the pain that I'm starting to get in again? And you know, are you hurting now? No, like I I, like I did 21 minutes last 19 yep. minute match, two and a half, three minutes for the gimmick afterwards, and I feel good. I, I rolled out of bed this morning and I'm fine, and I had a blast last night. So it just took it was like breaking the brain back in, you know, to, yep. to bumping again. And I was uh, watching a documentary um, on the Undertaker. You know, he was only performing once or twice a year mm. after his hip surgery, and he said, "Man, his, his, the concussions that he got." He said, "So it was, it was kind of like getting used to bumping again," and I'm used to bumping again i mean f- from practices to performing i'm in the ring like 12 times a month bumping i i don't know how my body well i do know so when the world shut down i remember telling my wife i go uh, a lot of people are posting online and how good they feel 
because of the time off they had from wrestling and how mm. their body got to heal. I had the opposite effect. All my shit started showing up, and I started feeling terrible. Oh, no. Uh, because up until COVID, what, when did World Shutdown? 2020? Mm-hmm. 20 years. I was nonstop at least once a month for 20 years. And when the world shut down is when I first had months off, right? Mm-hmm. And my body started shutting down. And I started uh, having the the brother walk. Uh, 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 wrestlers know what that is, non-wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It's where you're hunched over like an old man where you need a cane and you're, yeah. and you're walking that way. And I started having that 24-7 and I couldn't shake out mm-hmm. of it. Um, I've thrown my back out... Uh, when did I throw my back out? The first time I threw my back out was in uh, 02. I was at, at my computer desk twisting to turn off a light. Back went out, Oof. and I couldn't get up. And, and it felt like the weight of the world was pulling me down. And ever since then, maybe once or twice a year, my back will go out. Um, I got under control now. Uh, but so all that started showing up again during yeah. the lockdown. Oh. So like... I couldn't imagine how, what you were feeling like being off from 06 to t- 2021 right. and then getting your ass whooped in these practices. Oh, yes. Like, oh, yes. I would have been dead. But you had this, like, fitness thing, man. You, yeah. were, you were jacked. You were in shape. Your cardio was great. Yeah. Me, I was just lifting to be strong and kind of look good. It wasn't my, – my, my lifts and my, my exercising wasn't the best after I got fired. Uh, I fluctuated here and there. But, like, dude, I can't imagine it. Now Now you're, like, full head of steam yeah. 20 matches in. Like, I love it. Dude, I'm dying. Do you think there's a correlation between the shutdown and your back going out? Because the gym shut down. So now were you able to strength train? Were oh, we were able... still going before. I was still losing. Oh, I was, you were still, your back yeah, was still, I was still going out? Yeah, I was my back out while before COVID. I remember little little things like we'd be I got to wear two back braces when oh, I lift. unbelievable. I got to wear a strap yeah. and then a weight belt while I why, uh, why and you do that when we train arms? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, it's, I wear it under my, my thing. Um, yeah, because uh, your core stabilization is fantastic right now. Your spinal rectus fire. That's why you're able to curl those 80s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever s- seen that video, but they got to check it oh, out on this page. Uh, yeah, I don't even do that. And I've got like damn near 20-inch arms. So <laughs> this dude's freaking strong. So it's super impressive. And this is only the beginning of our relationship. Can you oh, imagine yeah. if we train together for an entire year? Like what are you going to look like next year at this time? i got to figure it out. My That's going to be crazy. My yeah. well. But if you want something bad enough, you make time for it, right? This is true. Yeah. So now, so then when we met, you were doing a lot of Jimmy Blaze shows. You're doing SCW. You were doing um, just like the randoms, right? Like mm-hmm. these random little shows. And I was in freelance at the time, uh, right when we met. And freelance didn't have like a, a pre-show for non-students. So I couldn't, I didn't have any pull getting people booked or anything like that. And, and when I made the switch to AAW, uh, Danny was just like, we get, we need people. And I was like, I need people around me, like people around me that are positive. And I, and I need, and I asked him to have my crew. I was like, they're good guys. They'll help you whatever. Chico, Joe was already there. I already got Joe there before, beforehand. And then I was like, you got to book Vince. I was like, he works for Danny he works or works for Jimmy he works with these other guys. He's going to do great. He's a positive dude. And Danny's quote was, I need more people positive around me. And, that, and that's how you got in, and, and yeah. you've been in ever since. Like, now you're doing AAW. Like, yeah. it's my fault <laughs> that you're bumping all this much and getting these, doing these fucking hardcore matches, man. Yeah, but AAW is the dream for all indie wrestlers is to be a part of this company. Everywhere that's I fun, go, dude. all the organizations, uh, I'm pretty friendly, so everybody yeah, knows yeah. they can talk to me in the locker room. They just ask me the same question. How is it working with AAW? And I tell them the truth. I'm like, that's yeah. my number one. I Like, I refuse to... Rocket Pro is my number two because it's right down the street from my gym. Yeah, you know, and I, I can I can sell seventy to oh, hundred tickets. Oh shit! Maybe edit that out. You call them your number two. They're gonna get mad. No, they, they, <laughs> no, he knows. I'm, I told Bill that he knows that. Yeah, they yeah. know that. So uh, like, I was gonna work a date for them, but it was on an AEW date, and I can't do it because yep. AEW's got my. That's my loyalty. That's all. If if I only had to wrestle for one company. Then that would be it. It's fun. No, it's fun over well, there you're, too. You're, you're there too, and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll tell you this much: um, I get a lot of feedback from like Terry Allen, who tells talks to me about my matches, sure. what I can do better, and everything like that. But nobody tells me the truth more than you. Yeah. You know, um, like 
I've got one that resonates in my head is your fucking promos suck. <laughs> You're like an 80s wrestler. And I'm like, well, that's because that's what I was brought up in. Yeah, and, and it's the truth. And I like Kaylee goes, oh, my God, is, are you guys fighting or something? Like, no. Kaylee, Kaylee's my girlfriend, by the way, uh, my manager, too. Yeah, she, I said, no, no, no. He just tells it like it is, and I want him to do that. And then uh, my last match. I, against, I, didn't, I don't think I said they fucking suck. Did I say they fucking suck? I yeah, remember I said yes. I don't believe you. No, they, you said they fucking suck. Did I say they, they fucking they, suck? They, they, <laughs> oh, the, the, the text message is etched in my mind for history. And that's how much of that's an impact on me. So I no, I, I work really hard on my promos now. And um, then the second one was uh, my match with Trevor Outlaw, my very last match at AEW. I came backstage and I was like, "Ooh, Robert had to like that one. That was fun. Like the crowd was so yeah, into it. It's like the yeah, hottest yeah. the crowd's ever been out there for me." And um, you know, we did the whole gimmick where we we laid Trevor at the end of the match and we just got everybody laughing, having a good time. I'm like, "That's a feel good match. I felt really good." And then you come out there and you're like, you, get, you tell me the truth. And it, everything you said was correct. 100% so I correct. thought about that match. Um, did it air yet or no? Did it air on so. a live? I don't think so. No. When that, when that airs on a live, I want everyone to go watch uh, uh, you and him. And I was thinking about the critique I gave you guys afterwards. And then there was more I should have said. And, and, I'll, and I'll probably tell you off camera. Uh and, and Maybe you should after. tell me on camera. That way the, the listeners get to experience a little bit about well, our relationship. Here, here's the thing. This is what you should have done. The whole thing should have been about the kid getting late. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and days later, I thought of all this shit. He should have got on the mic and said, you know what, everyone? I'm not getting laid. And everyone would have laughed <laughs> like you are. And you go, in fact, I've never been laid. And I'm never going to get laid in front of any of you. Because getting laid... Is for losers and just oh, like just bit dude. in this whole aspect of oblivious <laughs> that like this guy thinks he's gonna lay me are you kidding me i've never been laid and everyone will be like yeah laugh it up because i'm never gonna get laid never in my life oh, and everyone and, and, and that whole oblivious thing and you should have built that whole thing and and, and you would have had so much people invested oh, and absolutely. and when people would have left after gringo loco and uh ray phoenix they would have been like man that was awesome and like what else was good on the show when that fucking kid said he never gets laid oh like, yes like i thought about this more later on and i was like damn dude that's what that match should have been like mm -hmm. nobody like you could have did three minutes of this motherfucker saying how he's never gonna get laid and then and then uh he'll point at you and be like you think you're gonna lay me? Uh, yeah. Fuck, you're never gonna lay me, <laughs> or like, or point at Kaylee and be like, just like random things, random yeah. innuendos about getting laid. Be like, uh, be like, and besides, those lays are too big. I love little lays, like, <laughs> like just like little ones, like weird shit like that. So like that, I think that was my critique of that match. Like you that's guys did genius. fine. Dude, like that's it, genius. Right it, there. It's a fine wrestling match, but like, um, you know. The agent part of me, the one that, that puts together matches and, and does whatever, like sometimes I need a few minutes. It's just to sit down and think. It's hard to do it when you have a match, but right. like just sit down and think like I did. I was like, man, that match could have been way more, you know, way mm -hmm. more. Like um, Yabo's promo at NWA with Ricky Morton. I wrote that promo for him. Oh, you did. And it took me seconds. And I was yeah. like, this is what, what you need to do. Because he was like struggling. What does he need to do? And, and sometimes I could think of it real quick, and sometimes mm -hmm. it takes me a couple days. But I think that was my critique with your match. Like the wrestling was fine, moves and you know whatever, no, whatever. No, well, but it's the story that you're telling, right? The moves, I'm a sports entertainer. The moves weren't fine because it's like Some I'm I'm two right. I'm a 212 pound I'm two. Uh, oh, I wanted to now. slap the shit out of both of you yeah, for that. You so let that I'm motherfucker a, pick you up yeah, higher than Arn Anderson because I love to bump. Minor. Yeah, but I shit, fucking, dude. Did protect you see yourself. how high I got? My crotch was right in his. We're face. inside baseball right now. We're inside <laughs> baseball. Uh, fucking, this is too much inside baseball on that part of the the aspect. We'll talk about that all, that part off camera but like uh it, it's just like one of those things man when, when you see someone that you're friends with and you want them to do good right in my career i want others to do well i want to have a stable of people that um get signed wrestle places they never thought they would wrestle have a good time just hang out and do all that kind of stuff when you see people fucking up you got to tell them to stop fucking up right yeah. and when we first started, we didn't have that. Everyone told, the, told us we were good in the early 2000s. Your match was great. Your match was great. Your match was great. And then when I met Danny Daniels, he was like, dude, your match was fucking terrible. And I was like, oh, now I know who to gravitate to because right. I, want, I want to know how I did bad. Yeah. But, um, 
But yeah, man, now you're fucking rocking and rolling. You got two gyms, and now you're wrestling AEW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and NWA. NWA is so much fun. I that locker room is really positive. Like everybody. It depends on what there, day you show up. I, I think it's because I was just hanging out with you. Like Tyrus, dude, he's freaking great. It depends on know? what day you show up and the positivity <laughs> of that fucking. <laughs> oh yeah. no! Edit it out. No, uh, can I leave it in? You gotta leave that in. Uh, no, like uh, I remember you made Billy laugh hysterical because mm -hmm. uh you helped sell so many tickets for that thing and then um mm -hmm. what did you tell billy yeah he, I, he's like no, we had a hard time selling no, tickets no. you're like yeah i know yeah and no he said you don't he goes um i want to thank you for how much tickets you sold we sold over 74 tickets yeah, yeah. Billy. and uh, he says you don't know how much that means to me and i said no billy i do <laughs> <laughs> and he, he laughed oh, yeah. hysterical about that mm -hmm. but yeah so you did nwa you did a a a a a w um what's next What's on your bucket list? Whatever you want me to do. No, 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 no. What's on your bucket list? Yeah, what's on your bucket list? I want to have another child. Yeah. Whoa, man, we just went real life. I was talking about wrestling yeah. life. Oh, wrestling life? I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Whatever, like, whatever you want me I to do. I can't help you, brother, with yeah. every other kid. No, no. That's Kaylee's job. So, um, but um, What's on your wrestling bucket list? Wrestling bucket list? Uh, well, we've, you know Rocket Pro is trying to design a match with... Uh, me, you, and Joe. Me, you, Joe Alonzo, and, uh, and Shogun, Shogun Logan. Logan, yeah, Chris Shogun. You gotta Logan. have a bigger bucket list. It's like talking to Chico about well, bucket list stuff. I think that's really cool. I don't really have a big bucket list. I'm, nope. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Before you contacted me, and we became friends, I was gonna hang it back up. Yeah. You know, God works in mysterious ways, right? So the uh, you bring in these other opportunities to me. I'm like, let's go. And I have so much fun doing it. And then I'm learning, you know, because a lot of times when you go to a promotion and you work from and the crowd's hot, like yeah. most of the places I go, I, I outsell everybody in tickets and the crowd's so hot for me. And I main event almost every other show that I do. So I don't get the critique that I get from you, but I do get it from Terry Allen and that, which I really appreciate you, from him. Do you, you know, this is a great question because I would ha I would feel a certain way. You wrestle Rocket Pro main event. You wrestle SCW main event. You yeah. wrestle for Jimmy probably main event. Yeah. But when you wrestle AAW, you're pre-show. Do you feel a certain way about that? I was pre-show main event. Yeah, but I'm saying, do you feel Three a certain way? Three times in a row. Do you feel a certain way I about that? I feel honored and privileged. No, I'm seriously. Yeah. You don't feel like privileged. shitty? No. That's a good attitude, do you, you don't realize how, like, especially Kaylee, because Kaylee, like, we talk we talk about AAW Pro, like, it's that's our job. Yeah. You know, and um, we are so honored and privileged to be a part of it. And a little background is that uh, we are now looking for other venues for to put AAW Pro in. So come, we can come out this way. I've already offered this building that we're in right now. We have a, an end unit that's 8,000 square feet. Just show life. Just let's do some YouTube shows there. Just do some live shows mm -hmm. there, whatever you need to do. Yeah. But it's a venue. To, that, sure. that you can just get more matches because let's be honest, they're making money on the YouTube program, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe. Well, they demonetize a lot yeah. wrestling. So the more shows that you can perform, the better off we are. So let's get more places. What about like uh, an AEW match? What's that? AEW. AEW. Having an AEW dark match or oh, WWE dark match. Oh, right? my, that'd be great. So you got to have those type of buck, those goals Absolutely, and aspirations. You, know, you got to write some shit down. I write shit down all the time, yes. and, and, and uh, I have, like, three things left on my wrestling bucket list. Let's hear them. I got to go to Japan. Still? Yeah. It's still fucking, on your list? It's, it's, I haven't been there, so yeah. it's, it's never going away. Uh, I want to go to Japan. I want to have – I've never had a televised AEW match on Dynamite. Okay. I've only had Darks, right, yeah. on the YouTube channel. I want to have an AEW televised dynamite match, which I almost had last year, but I, wasn't, I wasn't there for some reason. It's a, it's a long story, and I want someone that I have trained to make. I don't want to say the amount of money that I think in my head, but I want someone that I have personally trained sign a contract and make a tons of money. Wow. That, those are the three things my bucket list. Two are for me, one are for other That's people. It's very honorable of you too. So I was like the Japan one. I, I'll just buy a ticket. We'll go to Japan and start no. fighting each other in the in the, in the downtown. Film Dude. it. <laughs> no, you know what it is. My, my my Japan bucket list is very um, specific. New Japan? No, no, no. Oh. I I ref they have to think enough of me to fly me out. Okay. I can't buy my own ticket. No, that's admirable. And not like Ben Manthe. Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no. See, I told you I was going to do a character change no. here. No. Here's my character change. Fuck it. Okay, here's what happened. Son of a bitch. I was getting ready to go home on this, too. <laughs> oh, my God. So, 
damn, dude. All right, we're going to tell a story. And then people listen to this is like, all right, sitting up because this story is pretty fucking Get the popcorn rude. ready. Uh, there's a local Midwest wrestler, Ben McCoy. Uh, <laughs> fucking asshole. He, he gets booked to go to Japan. And another local wrestler by the name of GQ calls me on the phone and puts me on speakerphone, but doesn't tell me, which is very rude. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I think GQ was going to. He's like, yeah, me and Ben McCoy are going to Japan. And my response was, how is Ben going to Japan? <laughs> 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 and Ben heard me say this. Yeah. And, uh, and then I found out he flew himself in. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how it happened. Yeah. Be- yeah, I was an asshole for saying that in front of him. So ever since then, Ben thinks I hate him. Yeah, you remember I worked a Frontline Pro show. I worked and, for Frontline too. And I and I told him I, I said uh, you know you're an asshole. I, for I just this up. Well, well, here's the whole <laughs> thing you. though. I cleared the air and and everything everything's copacetic now. Everybody everybody knows they're they're part. There's there's no shade on it anymore. He thinks the world of you. So and he treated me like gold when I came out there to work with yeah, him. Because you drove five hours. Oh yeah, one way, was, big dummy. Yeah, ten. Yeah, and I, for no payday and and to sell oh, some shirts. Oh, I wanted to hit you so bad. Yeah, but I sold like thirty shirts. And then you came to the gym the next day early in the morning. Yeah, I don't. I function on probably three hours of sleep a night. Um, fucking asshole! I can't believe you made me tell that stupid story. Yeah, it's so good, I it's good radio. so I said that, but you know it is what it is. But. Hell, man, now you're running full cylinders. The gym's doing well. Mm-hmm. You're wrestling. You're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, life's going well. It is you feel good, well. right? Yeah, I haven't really thought about, like, w- what's next in pro wrestling because everything that I've... got to think I've, about it. Well, everything that I've achieved so far, I never thought I would. I never thought I'd be a part of, you know, AEW Pro. Um, I never thought I'd meet someone that I look up to and respect, uh, like you, who is opening doors for me, you know, because usually in, in wrestling, it's a, uh, you'll see a lot of people that everybody likes each other, but let's be honest. We're all competing for a spot on a card. Mm, so, yeah. so certain people are going to bring only their closest friends up. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and so for me to be considered in that and have these opportunities, I'm so blessed. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. I'm in a different spot. I, I, um, people here listening to this know that I don't want to sign a deal. And, uh, that makes me, very genuine because like you said people are competing but i'm not competing for a spot i'm mm-hmm. just having fun mm-hmm. and, and to be honest i always think about when i'm going to quit mm-hmm. and when it's time to go and the, and the only time i'm going to know that is when i accomplish everything i can to the point where i won't have any regrets because i think if i quit today i'll still have regrets there's things i still want to do uh like little goals, right? I want to win the AAW, AAW title. Yeah. I want to do a little bit more stuff televised. I still want to um, run the baseball shows and, and, and do all that kind of stuff and, and, and have a good time and just uh, still be a part of it. You that's, know? that's what I was going to talk to you about. It. I, I think another like, bucket list goal of yours is to really see what you can do with Ego Pro. You know, like right now, it's a baseball show only, mm-hmm. and, and that's a smart play to build up capital to. Um, to do real show because if I'm going to do a real show I got to do it right Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it half ass I want the lighting to be perfect I want uh, to have the streaming service uh, locked down the one that I want to use and have the roster the way I want the entrance way the way I want the perfect town and the building because I don't want to run Logan Square I don't want to run Irving Hall I don't want to run Berwyn Uh, I don't want to do what everyone does Mm -hmm. right I want to find that that place and make make something special and I think the best part is don't rush because if I rush it, then it's going to be just like every other indie out there. Yeah. It's got to have a purpose. It's got to have uh, something going on. Yeah. Um, from the last podcast, um, you talked about Lunatech Wrestling Federation, LWF. which started in the backyards. Yep. And they didn't even have a ring. And then you got to people, you know, finding uh, other means to collect supplies for the ring. Yeah. And uh, they didn't so, rush. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's step by step by step by step, which built into something that was really, really, really cool. Uh, I think you're you're developing enough people that have your back right now that, yeah. that'll help you. I got a roster of people, yeah. right, to book. I have the mm-hmm. talent, yeah. but it's all the other stuff. It has to be the right time. Right now, Chicago is oversaturated, yeah. right? It, 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 every aspect of, of the city and surrounding Illinois has a wrestling company. Right. You have you have uh, Chicago-style pack in their buildings. You have Rocket Pro dominating Joliet everything running in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You got to find that right moment. You got to find that right town. You got to find 
because it, it it's not a rush process, right? right? So Eagle Pro will happen, but right now it lives at the Thunderbolt Stadium <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> for the, in the summertime for the time being. But if an opportunity came up to do like a festival or whatnot with Eagle Pro, yeah, but again, that's not real shows. It's festival shows. You know yeah, what I mean? But real shows is a building, like. Yeah, but a festival can really create opportunity for the company. Someone, I mean, the I right was, person, I could was watch found it. at a festival. This is very true. You know, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then for me, every festival I've ever done, I've had so much fun, um, and, and the crowds are always hot at them too. So as we get ready to take it home, uh, what do you got coming up? What's well, next? Uh, hold on, let me get my. <laughs> oh, you got a calendar. Dude, See, my, mine's, mine's like, June tenth. A A W. Mance Warner and myself. Pure rest. Pure rules. I have nothing. I'll be, I'll be at that <laughs> mine's show. Mine's easy. I'll be at that show. Yeah, too. you'll be there. I, I don't know who I'm wrestling though. Hopefully, Trevor, because I had a lot of fun with him. Um, what month are we in here? This is. So, uh, we're going into June, but okay, so I'm pretty sure you have next weekend. You have Defiant Pro Wrestling. Ooh, I get to work as a heel. Koa Black. Koa Black. I, I yeah, do like those. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. What, what is that? Which one? What? When is Defiant? Uh, May 27th. So I knew you had Saturday. the 27th. You have yep. every weekend, I bet. Yep. Go for and it. And then um, June 3rd, POW. June 3rd, POW. June 10th, AAW Pro. Yep. Uh, is the 15th, is our first show? Uh, what? Uh, Ego Pro? The baseball? Yeah. Um, I have to double check the dates. Yeah, I got to write those back in there, So do I, have to, I have to write the dates down because I have no fucking clue. Yeah. So, and then I got yeah. Fusion on the 23rd. That's going to be Steve Boz. I love Steve Boz. I'm trying to get Steve Boz on the podcast. Oh, he's great, dude. He's like, got stories. Oh, my goodness. Such an awesome dude. Yeah. I had so much fun working with him, too. Yeah. Yeah, that match, I, I like um, almost got my nipple torn off. I did see, see that. that? Yeah, oh, it got I stuck in the um, the bolt. Cole gets mad at me when I tell him to stop doing hardcore matches. But that's not hardcore. All I did was a spear spot into the to, to eat the to take the uh, f- uh, freaking post, and my nipple got stuck in the um, turnbuckle screw. And I tried to pull it out, and he, even Steve's manager saw it, and he's like, it, his reactions on the video, he's like, like uh, he's gonna throw up. <laughs> dude, <laughs> yeah. Wild. All right, man. So it was good talking to you. Uh, the gym's doing well. Shored Fitness, located in Shored, Illinois. What's the address here? 337 Verton Boulevard, Shored, Illinois. Yeah, Shored Fitness, all one word on Instagram. Everyone, you have a good Friday, Vince. Have, thank you for sitting down with me today. I appreciate it, man. First time caller. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
Follow Black Cheese on Twitter. Cheese215. He, he posts videos of him killing some guy in theater. That's church tax, bro. <laughs> church tax. Look, hold man. On. Look. Hold look, on. Hold on. Look. Wait. Hold on. I, look. Hold I, on. I, no. Don't, don't forget your thought. I'm a talented <laughs> dude, bro. There's nothing that I cannot do. So when you go to YouTube, that's also G's215. Go to the playlist. Look at Church Tax. We got five episodes so far. G sends me all these fucking them, videos. All, yo, all, all of them are phenomenal. That's he a, sends me these phenomenal. videos. Phenomenal. It's a hell of a word for Listen, a black man. You guys have to go watch this video. He sends me videos. Hey, critique these videos for me. And he sends me these videos. And it's, it's a short movie of him killing someone. <laughs> Like torturing this fucking man. Yeah. This ain't no wrestling promo. Hey. I was like, what the fuck do you want me to critique? You're fucking waterboarding this guy. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? That's talent right there. See, some <laughs> look, check this out, brother. Sometimes you gotta step outside of the wrestling spectrum yes. and showcase your range. The church's money has range. Fuck yeah, you do. I have range, brother. You know what I'm saying? I, look, look, bro. I'm gonna give myself my flowers. Cause this is a platform sure. where we give flowers, give myself my flowers. Yeah. You know, look, I'm the most consistent guy in the NWA locker room, and I will go okay. as far as to say that I'm the most consistent player coach in our sport. There's nobody touching me. I got range, baby, range. You know what I mean? You talk about all these cats that are great at promos, great at this, great at that, and sometimes you fail to mention the church's money. There you go. Look, bro, we already know. Not a lot of people can touch me. I'm that guy. If you think anybody's different, if, if you think different, you know what I'm saying, let us know on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? I, at like, G's, was I it? put my G's two on. Come on, bro. You know two what it is. Look, I put myself up there with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Prove me wrong, and keep the negative. Keep the negativity coming. I feel my nipples getting hard right now Stop. because I feel some negativity Stop. coming. Stop. <laughs> so follow G's. Uh, you can follow me on the socials. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky, please unblock me, because um, you fucking blocked me because I called you out about some stupid stuff. Ah. <laughs> Cooler heads, bro. Game. Cooler heads, man. I, you know I, what I'm saying? I just like wanted that, the very Gabe. Don't worry, Gabe, dude. That, I love you. That stuff, I love you, Gabe. Bro, it's that funny. stuff is old. I mean, it, it, I mean, if anybody, if any grown adult male is like holding a grudge from like 10, 15, 18 years ago, then come on. Cut it out, bro. Like, <sighs> like there's no such thing as heat, bro. What's heat? Heat is like adults not being able to just communicate. That's all it is. There's no such thing as heat. <laughs> That's how I look at it anyway, bro. People hold well, grudges for no reason. Well, you got heat with me for fucking <laughs> fucking talking about hard nipples. <laughs> all right. Uh, geez, thanks for sitting down. We're going to go. Yeah, yeah.